If you like Taste Test and you want to keep the music digestion sessions going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. But first, let's start the show. Have a taste. You are now in the zone. The zone with Taste Test Live. What's jazzing? What's jazzing? It's time for Taste Test Live. Mm. Mm. I am Damian Lamar, producer and host of Taste Test on WJCT 89.9 FM. WJCT is North Florida's NPR station, and my radio show Taste Test is a one-hour, twice-weekly music program that comes on Saturdays and Tuesday nights at 11 o'clock Eastern, 8 Pacific. We are glad to be back again for some interviews, music news, laughing yes sharing some stories yes. smiles catching up with blue francois <laughs> and joining me of course are my co-hosts my taste test live co-hosts blue francois and the lovely miss mj baker welcome my friends hello thank you thank you thank you how was your week been good MJ with the dark lip. I'm loving my dark lips. Oh, yeah. I like your dark lip too. Moody. They're popping. They look full. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I realize that you do that often. What? Even though you like pick at the girls for doing that, you do that often. I do. You know, like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lips. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, I like being a girl. Yeah, we have fun on Taste Test Live, but Blue. Can you tell a few moments or take a few moments and tell our first time listeners, people who have never heard of Taste Test Live, what our podcast is all about? On Taste Test Live, you'll hear what we call music digestion sessions, where we discuss what's happening in the entertainment industry. Our weekly podcast also features exclusive artists, interviews and music you probably won't hear anywhere else. If you are interested or know someone who might want to promote an upcoming single, new album, concert, or just drop by to share your newest project, get in touch with us. You can do that by heading over to our website at tastetest.live. Head over to our contact page and complete the form to be a guest on our show. We've been away for a couple of weeks, but we're back. And guess what? What? Before I let you go... (laughs) Oh, wait. Can I put this in your mouth? Ooh. Tonight. Ooh. Oh, my goodness gracious. Can I put this? That sounds Before kinda, I let you ooh. go and let you walk away. Can I put this in your Should mouth? Should I put this in That's kind of selfish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a selfish statement. But okay. <laughs> 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 I told y'all I got some stuff lined up. Y'all baby tuned in. <laughs> oh my okay. goodness. I'm having all kinds of visuals now. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like the girl's at the door and she's going That is so selfish. But okay, five minutes. <laughs> you say five minutes? Five minutes. Okay, five minutes. The first drop. <clears throat> oh my goodness. <laughs> you guys if y'all was hoping for a rihanna and drake collaboration on her upcoming album kiss that dream goodbye and oh, no. oh wait a minute I come on gonna, I, thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say yes <laughs> yes uh rihanna finally because i think we mentioned it before um on on a couple segments yeah but rihanna's confirmed that she's doing a new album it's gonna be a all reggae album that's oh wow so that's gonna be <laughs> so already yeah, yeah. straight up to her amazing. roots yeah and um 
New York, uh, Mag- New York Times Magazine interviewed her, and you know they asked her a bunch of questions, and they said, "Hey, are you going to be working with Drake on this new project?" And she said, "No, not anytime soon." <laughs> she Whoa. shut that rumor down quick. Mm. But she, um, <laughs> Rihanna said, aside from being romantically con- uh, romantically connected, the pair have joint forces to make smash hits like "Work," "Take Care," and and their her first collab, "What's My Name." So with those so smash hits, she's like, "Hey, I'm moving on. Going to do a new album. I'm going to do a reggae album. Focus on my roots, and I'm just going to do my thing." And Drake will not be on there. <laughs> And that's okay. Yeah, that's good, good for her though. Yeah. That's good. I can't wait to hear it. Um, next, open up, yeah, open wide. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Essence magazine reported Sierra's leveling up into an Ivy League school, uh, which is Harvard. The singer was recently accepted into the Ivy League School of Business and Entertainment, Media and Sports program, which teaches students how to develop and execute more effective business strategies, according to the school's website so is she actually is this like a web is this a web-based school no harvard is this no no no, i'm saying you know how some some ivy leagues offer online um class courses so i think she's going to be attending um classes i I don't think she's going to be to every class because of how famous she is but i think they do offer private for celebrity you know harvard they, they have like small classes um, so like it might be like four or five in the people and four or five people in the class yeah, and like a group. Yeah. So it's okay. not yeah. And then I think the so other Sierra, stuff. Sierra, Ivy League, Harvard. Yeah. Business. Mm. Yeah. And media and and sports. She's not mm. a great singer. She has something to fall back on. Ooh. Wow. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. That's loaded. That slipped. That slipped. <laughs> <laughs> you sure that slipped out your mouth? Yeah. I mean, I never bought an album. And it just keep happening. Oh, by the way, I listen. I listen to your album. I like your album, MJ. I will listen to that before. Oh, never mind. Wow. Don't do oh, it. Oh my goodness. Are we dropping shade trees like that? Oh I mean, my goodness. I mean, a I'm just saying that that's good for her because that was a good business move for her because she needed a backup plan. She has. <laughs> I don't think she's been doing successful. She's. You know what? When you think about Sierra, she's maintained her relevance over the last few years mm-hmm. by just being. In social media, she, well, she leveled up in a relationship, yeah, too. Yes, mm-hmm. you know when you think about it, like, yeah. So she she's Shouts leveling up to, all the way around, and, and that's the black love. Sometimes you know, and you have to let me say this too, <laughs> black love is beautiful. But let me say this: some people have to grow, and everybody's rate of growth is not the same. I'm mm. learning that, um, you know, and for those indiv- individuals who don't know that I'm recently single, without disclosing too much information. Mm. Um, Sometimes your growth is not you. You want your person or your partner to grow at the same rate that you may be growing in, and that's not always the case. Right. Mm. So that's just an observation. So you know, she leveled up. She got out of a relationship that wasn't good for her, and she, you know, got into something that was going to be in line with where she's growing. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They said she did a prayer. They, they got they got this thing called the Sierra like Sierra prayer. You heard about it? Oh my gosh. Where she wrote a list and she I guess they sharing it so they calling it the Sierra prayer for the new you know new boyfriend or husband whatever and she wrote a list of what she wanted Listen, in a man. Mm-hmm. Sierra didn't it. do anything that right. any other woman would wouldn't do that came out of a situation <laughs> and was a single mom. The Sierra prayer. And she went to she went to the Lord and said, "Here's what I want." And the Lord supplied it mm-hmm. I agree for you know 47 million dollars worth 
or more mm. or plus. Plus, <laughs> I think that was his signing bonus. Yeah, plus mm. yeah, oh he got gosh. way more than that. Yeah, mm. yeah so. Well, what else are we putting in our mouth? The next you? thing we're putting in our mouth, uh, I'm not gonna say that. Kim and Kanye finally release and reveals the new baby name. Oh my goodness! In this <laughs> name, <laughs> Kim Kardashian and Kanye West duh, 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 have named their child Psalm West. Psalm S P S A L M Psalm. Like the Bible. Psalm. West. Do you know what song means? Song. Yeah. 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 Um. So. <laughs> sure, it's not pronounced pussom. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you, you just added to the forest. <laughs> People magazine. <laughs> I just want you to know. Oh my god. Where's the match? Uh, <laughs> People magazine had a. <laughs> <laughs> a source told People Magazine that the Bible is very important to Kanye and that Psalm is one of his favorite books. He reads the Psalms a lot. He talks about the Psalms he loved. So on that level, the, the the baby name isn't a surprise. The source also know that Kanye really identified with King David, the author of the book of Psalms, saying that David was a mess, always failing, falling into sin and messing up. But the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. But Papa didn't say Kanye was. <laughs> Listen. I don't. I believe in Kanye, okay? <laughs> Next. I wonder what what the what is the baby's nickname gonna be though? Oh. Well, you know, they're religious now, so it probably will be something Segway. Baby G <laughs> Fade. Transition. Now nah, he's throwing shade. Oh my gosh, he added to the force. I'm gonna tweet this Whole to Kanye. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet this show to Kanye. Don't do it. Trouble Clef. Trouble. <laughs> They're gonna call him Clef. Scripture. <laughs> Did you say scripture? Incantation. <laughs> I'm just happy that he found himself. He's saved. From what? Well, he has a church. He has a, you know, he, he, he does the church thing. What does that mean? That he's changed. He's not having breakdowns anymore. Y'all move on, cause <laughs> <laughs> two more things. Two more things. Media takeout. I don't know if y'all familiar with media takeout. Yes. Mm-hmm. They just reported that Steve Harvey has lo- will be losing his third job. You know he lost two jobs already. No. They canceled um, his daytime show. Wow. They also canceled. Well, he's still on the air. He just has to finish out. The yeah, he's going to finish out his contract. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, but uh, the first two, they're they out. They're going to run. They're going to show reruns, but they're not filming anymore. The third one, which is um, Family Feud, when his contract expires, he's he, they're not going to renew it. They're going to replace him with someone cheaper. Yeah. So, but I was bringing this up not to get into because you know right he was the he did little big shots family feud and he had his daytime talk show um very good host very entertaining but it's so funny and ironic how he did that when he monique came on the show and he was just saying oh you gotta do this you gotta play and monique was just saying hey i don't want to be their puppet i don't want to but you gotta play the game like how you gotta do what these folks tell you to do you can't be too black you can't be too and then she was just like but you got to have integrity though steve and so it was yeah. so funny that i actually watched the um when monique 
went on. Um, I did too. I saw you saw it. Mm-hmm. And I like the way she handled She said, hey, I don't want to tear him down like he did me. Because he was really my friend. He, I actually call him a brother. But just because this happened to him, you got to think. He actually is losing his job. He's losing his source of income on all the things that he's doing to support his family. Because his wife doesn't work. Nice. They, they spend his money. So he has, you know, he was working three jobs because they have a lavish lifestyle. You know, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, but I was, I wanted to bring this up. Like, it's funny how the tables turn when... Because after that show, I think the same thing happened. Wendy Williams, I had mentioned that a couple, couple yeah. of back. How Wendy would like literally have you know formats like this, where she invites people to come into her radio show when she was on the radio, mm-hmm. and she would like grill them and dig all into their business and try to make them look like imbeciles and fools. And look at what happened. Yeah, with her. So now, you know. Yeah. Well, now I mean, what? But the one thing I do like that Wendy Williams is doing, she is telling people some of what's going on you oh, know, on her show yeah yeah on her show she's not hiding you know that's good like for her to be what a little I'm bit saying more it, transparent. Forced, it forced her to really kind of you know start sharing a little bit even though I don't think she you know she's not sharing she didn't everything want to. yeah 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 but she didn't want to but mm-hmm. she is or whatnot she has to yeah, that's all but like means. okay so with Steve Harvey though um you know he was on the D.L. Hughley show and something that he cause D.L. was like what did you really mean when you were talking about integrity and different things like that? And he was saying what he, he was like, I wish we would have. He was like, really, that was not a conversation that we should have had, <laughs> you know, on air. He said, but it, it turned into that and it shouldn't have been that way. He said, but what he was trying to say to her was, you know, not he was when he said when when she was saying you have to walk in integrity, what he was saying was. We still have to be conscious of, you know, he was like, hey, I have to be conscious of the fact that I have a family to, you know, live family to feed in that the reason why she's in the situation that she had the beef with those three people Mm -hmm. was because of something that was really small that could have been resolved differently. Mm -hmm. And, And what he was saying to her was, you know, go ahead and do it. And trust that in the long run, you're going to get what, you know, you're going to get the residuals from it. Right. And what she was saying was, but I still have to walk in the integrity of, you know, she wanted to get paid. Basically, a part of it was she wanted to get paid for going on the promote promo tour. And what and what he was saying was, if they even though they weren't paying you, Mm -hmm. you got an Oscar. So you still should have went on the promo tour and and what and build a relationship. It's just like when we're as musicians, mm-hmm. you know, it's like sometimes when you go into a new place, you're not always going to get paid what you normally would at a place that you're known and the people know you. So they know you're going to bring in a good crowd. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to take when you first start a little bit of a pay cut and tell your band members, hey, instead of you getting paid you know this fifty dollars. We're gonna have to go down to twenty five, just so that we can prove to them. And then once this happens, once, you get in the door. once we get in the door, the you know 
the sky's the limit for us mm-hmm. and so I, I think that's what he was trying to say to her I don't think he was trying to say lose yourself in the industry but when he was saying you gotta play their game he was saying be wiser be smarter like you know different things and you know and when he explained that on D.L. Hughley's show I said okay I, I can understand his perspective right and what he was trying to say and um you know, and and isn't he like executive producer on some of these shows? That, that's what I'm saying. He had they also had contracts, and they they're going to be relieving him once of, they expire. I wonder what Even happened of the though. Like what? Producer. Like they, the, the they specifics you know, like um, for them to for the because that's drastic to me for to for for you yeah. to be relinquished of your contracts, be asked to leave. I mean, is he a liability? Like what's going on? Well, I'm gonna tell you they um, replace on the little big on little big shots. They replaced um, Steve Harvey with someone um, younger and and a, a you know like a fre- you know they, they give a fresher look. So they they pretty much was just just changing everything around just to fit like you know just to fit what they're trying to do. They they, they said that they want to go forward in a different direction. Was it was it the same network? Is all, all, all these the same network? The, uh, uh, Little Big Show and I think uh, Little Big Shots. Steve, Little Big Shots. Mm-hmm. Little Big Shots and and um, and I don't. Family Feud is a different network, but uh, Little Big Shots and his own. They was on the same network. So, so I'm I. Ugh. But see, I feel like he's executive producer on some of these shows. I, I I'm a I'm a researcher. Uh, oh yeah, that's who that's who's, who that's who's replacing him. Um, Melissa McCarthy is replacing him as host. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy? She's a, yeah, she's a comedian. Yeah, she's a comedian. I know, but she's not she ain't young. I mean, she ain't that much younger. Yeah. She's like late 40s. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that and that's why I was stuttering, I stumbling. I just wanted to <laughs> I was trying to find a better way to uh matter of fact usa today said the comedian who's 62 is being replaced by melissa mccarthy as the host of nbc little big shots just days after nbc canceled his daytime talk show (laughs) so mm, yeah so last but not least um oh we just got word from dj maceo pr Grammy Award-winning DJ Maceo of legendary Afrocentric rap group De La Soul is teaming up with SSH Investments to build a budding pizza franchise. Pierre's Eatery is a unique culinary mix of French, Greek, and Italian food, all made fresh daily from top-quality ingredients. Pierre only serves meat from humanely treated animals. There is no pork on site, which results in delicious culinary twists such as an all-beef pepperoni pizza each franchise also features sister store three layers cafe and i love three layers which brings a community coffee house feel and delicious treats such as the famous j squared dessert nicknamed crack on a plate which is true by the florida time union due to his obsessive following dj dj maceo will be leading the opening of 54 stores nationwide in the coming year for more information, visit www.pierreseatery.com. Wow. 54 stores. Yeah. So, all over the country. And so, one is going to be in Jacksonville. Yep. One is going to be in Jacksonville. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. So, hey. So, he's going to be, so we're going to have some connections with P, uh, with uh, DJ Maceo. Cause I, love, I love pizza and I like when animals are treated humanely. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to eat pizza from a beat up, beat up pig. Yeah. Yeah, no. but people do. Yeah, they no. don't even realize it. 
don't yeah, they say when you when when they uh when you know when they kill animals, they release a toxin and kind of tarnish the meat. Yeah, the the meat gets tough and hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. So that's why you want to massage them. And no, that's really why you want to not eat meat. But anyway. <laughs> well, well, put that in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a short break. We do have a guest that I'm excited to announce that will be joining us momentarily. We'll take a break and hear a word from our sponsor and come back for our guest, Jessica Walton, who will be joining us in studio. We'll be back. Taste Test Live is supported by listeners like you. If you enjoy the show and want to make sure I can keep making it at this rate, then head over to tastetest.live and click the button that says Patreon. There you can learn how you can help and get some perks for your support. If you're unable to support Taste Test Live financially, then share the show. Tell your friends about it and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast service. I really enjoy sharing this podcast with you and producing it every week. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to Taste Test Live. I'm Damian Lamar, host, and I'm sitting in the studio with MJ Baker, my co-host, and Mr. Blue Francois extraordinaire. Yeah. And we're joined in the studio with the lovely Jessica Lee Walton. Welcome, Jessica. Hello. How, how are, are you? you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, good. Glad yeah. to have you how here. How are you doing? I'm exquisite. Oh, that's mm -hmm. a lovely word. That is my go-to word for 2019. Attitude. And I'm trying to find another word that I could use in 2020 because mm. 2020 is a big deal mm, like one right. nobody thought we'd be here yeah or we thought we'd be like flying on hoverboards like yeah. Jessens or something Saucers right, and right. something yeah but we're still on the ground mm -hmm. you know some of us are defying gravity <laughs> mm -hmm. while others are that's a good song it is a great song <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll talk yeah we'll talk about oh. some songs in a second mm -hmm. but no for for those of individuals who don't know who Jessica Lee Walton is I'd like to take a quick moment and um, introduce you thank you by sharing your bio oh yeah yeah so Jessica Lee Walton is an accomplished Jacksonville recording artist. As a singer-songwriter, she recorded two albums and opened for bands such as Jethro Tull, Fonda Shepard, Dan Fogelberg, and Doyle Dykes, to name a few. She even recorded and performed with Janis Joplin's band, mm. Big Brother, and The Holding Company. As a vocal graduate of the Douglas Anderson School of the Arts and a student at North Carolina School of the Arts, she studied singing in the following various styles, opera, blues, musical theater, jazz, and world music. Jessica Lee continues to build her varied repertoire while songwriting and maintaining independent music studies. Currently, you can hear her doing backup vocals for Mama Blue, as well as maintaining performances as a solo artist. Mm -hmm. It's glad to yeah. finally have you here. Thank you. Thank Quite you. Quite a list me. of accomplishments there too. Yeah, I took a little bit of a break, but um, yeah, the, the the start out of my career was pretty pretty phenomenal. Really, that's when a lot of that stuff happened. So, so right at the beginning, out of the gates, out of the gate, yeah. you came right out of DA. Mm -hmm. And what was the first thing that happened to you? Okay, so um, when I was about fifteen years old, I started playing guitar. Um, went to a church camp and I met these really cool people that were <laughs> sort of the um, outskirts of the the church group, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we formed um, a little uh, I don't know what the word would be, but we just formed a little group that uh, where I learned coalition. how to play. Kind of, I guess yeah. it was just uh, you know. Um, anyways, we had this little group that got together and they taught me some 
and chords and everything. And next thing you know, I'm starting to play guitar. And um, I told my dad that this is something I was interested in. And my dad had a guitar shop. Um, and he said he would help facilitate that. So he was the one who gave me my first guitar. And um, Don's Music and Pawn okay. is a um, pretty well-established place for Northeast Florida for a lot of musicians because they a lot of people um, had their start. And um, in the process of him seeing me unfold as an artist and him supporting Douglas Anderson and their guitar program and myself and my songwriting, he um, decided he wanted to open a studio. And he said, look, you know, I've already got artists that are ready to perform and ready to record, and you should be the first. And I had enough songs at the time where, um, you know, he wanted to record it. And he, I mean, back in the 90s, I was like a, a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah, because yeah. nobody really had an album out when they're seventeen. And right. I, yeah. Well, wait, maybe maybe Nelly Furtado. Like. Yeah. That's the only person I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of you know one of those like the cake song. You know how can you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? It was sort of a dad thing. I, I'm not gonna lie. That's what it was. But and at the same time within that came um, a really interesting juxtaposition because I didn't have a lot of creative control. Mm-hmm. Um. Because dad was the overseer to that. And it kind of, as well as he intended things to go, it became, um, I I pulled away Mm -hmm. as a result because the creative control um, kept me from feeling like it was truly my um, outlet. Right. Kind of like Beyonce did with her dad. Very much. Yeah. You know, uh, and you I, know, like things yeah. run its course after a minute, but it's only for the best. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't I can't knock it because it was foundational. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, as you, I think as especially for women, when you um, you grow into a point where you're very well established to be on your own and you have to like own your voice and say what your limits are and say this is where I want to see myself and what I want and what I don't want. Um, then that's when you start putting limits on even within your career and your art, and you're just saying, I want control, and I don't want someone controlling me. Right. And um, and that's what ended up happening. And and actually, um, it became a very, very beautiful point within the father-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. It was like a rite of passage that I earned his respect. And for me, as an artist, it was like, okay, now um, I may not be as famous as everyone kind of wanted me to be, or they had put their you know, money on me to be, mm-hmm. but I was in in a place where I felt a lot more control. And then relationships happened and kids happened and a lot of stuff. Wait a of, minute, you have kids? Yes, I do. I had no idea. <laughs> yes. They're adult wow. kids almost, but Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So 19 and 18, almost yeah. 18. So, yeah. All right. And I'm still going strong and, and it's, it's very cool because now they're, they are, um, individually phenomenal musicians. I was about to ask you that. Phenomenal. Yeah. 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 That's so, awesome. Yeah. My son's a drummer. My daughter's amazing guitarist. So let me ask you a question, yeah. Jessica. So, so because I always <laughs> want to know this of parents because I don't have any kids. Sure. Are people that raise children mm-hmm. that are musicians or artists, mm-hmm. do you cultivate that or do you create a space so that they can maintain that level of independence that you needed at, at, at a young age? Yeah. Um, my daughter wanted me to teach her guitar and I I said no. I said I couldn't do it because I loved her. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that oppressive uh, side could come out. I didn't want it to. So um, I think it was a great thing. She saw me perform. She saw me play. So that 
was a visual inspiration, mm-hmm. but in terms of actually dominating that art and saying, this is how you play and this is how often you play. Yeah. Let me provide a structure. No. Um, and I found a really good, wonderful guitar player who is here so in town. So that's what you did, though. You found yes, someone that I you found knew someone. could harness that for her. Good. Yes. Okay. Yes. And at that point, um, it became very much her own. And, and she's... You know, blew me away. She's so much further along than I ever was on on the instrument. Mm-hmm. So it became something that it was her own outlet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and for my son, uh, same thing. I didn't know how to play drums, and um, and I also felt like for him, it was a great way for him to physically get out a lot of angst as a young man, mm-hmm. going through a lot of his own things that he was dealing with, and found a good drummer, and it was, you know. A great connection for them both. That's yeah. awesome. Good job, mom. Yay! Thanks. That's good. I won. Yeah, because I mean, you, you, you know, I, I always, like I said, have a the, I, in my mind, you want to know that there are parents that actually really do support the artistic endeavors mm. of their children, mm-hmm. and it's good to see that you did that. You know, um, my mom, for me, you know, not yeah. making this about me, but no, please. I grew up in, you know, and I took jazz and symphonic band, and she threw like you're going to play something because what happened, I, I learn how to sing and mm. then puberty played this really dirty trick on me mm. and you didn't want to hear me sing so it was like <laughs> my seven years of bad luck from 12 to 19 I played saxophone oh because she wanted to make sure that I continued to build myself up as an artist in that vein in, in the realm of music you're going to do something musically inclined yeah you know and and I've studied music theory at that time so it's just good to have a, su- a support system and it, a parent you know it is and I think if you can walk away with with anything that you're presented and and a positive lessons that you learn from it, you're all the better. So even in your story, um, you know, you learn the conversation and the language of music. That's what you walked away from. I walked away from knowing that I could stand my ground and say, this is what I wanted from my art. Right. And my kids learned that they had a supportive mom without being a dictatorial mom on, you know, this is how you do it. Um, so it, yeah, I think anything we're presented that's a challenge, we can we can turn it around to something positive mm-hmm. if we will really look. It, I think it takes a sharper mind sometimes to actually look for the positives within those negative circumstances. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So oh, opening up. So after after DA, you got whisked away, and mm-hmm. you you had your father sort of managing your career. Yeah. You you had you became your own independent <clears throat> artist. Um, what were some of the things that you encountered oh. once you didn't have your dad, you know, at mm. your side? So some of the things that um, happened were just genres, musical genres that were, I was exposed to, such as um, learning opera, being exposed to musical theater, um, learning jazz. I mean, I fell in love and I, I met and I learned and I experienced a voice that for me was revolutionary and that was for me Ella Fitzgerald Mm -hmm. and then my senior year of high school when I felt like I met her and I knew her and actually got to perform a couple of her pieces within the style of the 1940s swing era um, I I found out you know when she passed away that was I mourned her death Yeah, and that was very much away from my parents that was something that I did on my own when I went to school for North Carolina School of the Arts for opera that was nobody in my nobody in my family even plays an instrument Wow. My dad, who had a guitar shop, didn't play guitar. My mom didn't sing. So you're the chosen one. I'm just the weird anomaly, you know? Aren't you glad? Thankfully, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I am. You know, and and, and we should all find our 
our niche, you yeah, know, yeah. find our um, space to to um, express ourselves. And, and for me, I just, yeah, it came through a lot of different genres. And then I felt as if every time I learned a new genre, I learned new culture. Yeah. And I because felt like history, I could. history comes with it right, and everything. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and Douglas Anderson was wonderful for that. Um, being exposed to different uh, cultures and music and then um, facilitating um, ways to further that, I think, was just mm-hmm. exceptional within Douglas Anderson. And it went on to North Carolina and it was the same. So yeah. how long did you study opera? Um, not very long because of the culture. Mm-hmm. That, for me, was a deal breaker. I, I, could, not, I could not go down the aristocratic um, avenue. As much as I loved um, the the actual sound, the forming the sound and mm-hmm. creating the sound, I could not placate to a certain socio socioeconomic uh, clientele. I couldn't do it. I, it was a deal breaker to conform to that degree, and um, I just felt as if that's what was required in order to get your foot um, up in the door mm-hmm. and then elevate yourself within mm-hmm. that particular area, you had to kind of kiss ass. And that just, that's not going to work for me. Not on that. Yeah. 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 And then finding out that some of the, the greatest voices ever were just um, some of the most socioeconomically deprived mm-hmm. translated for me into going, okay, so what was that about? How do, what is that story? How do you tap into that sound? Because you have to know that life to know that sound, right? You know, and where it came from, and that—that that was um, wow. I'm still on that journey. Yeah, I'm yeah. still doing that. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I, you know, Whitney Houston was like my first intro to really um, a voice that was free, um, free enough to just say, "Screw it, I'm just gonna." This you is know, what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I think it translated throughout all kinds of classes, all kinds of socioeconomic barriers. And that for me was my first intro. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll never forget getting that little cassette tape as a kid. Yeah. It's like, so it seems like you're, the artistic <clears throat> independence mm-hmm. is very, very important to you. And it has been for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's at the same time, you know, with um, with kids comes practicality so a lot of it got shelved and it became especially when I became a single mom it became making sure that money was going to be predictable and I couldn't take chances on that um, making sure just uh, that they were going to turn out okay that education came first so mm-hmm. um, there was a time when even in the public schools um, the teachers were so bad that I was the substitute teacher and in no way shape or form did I have training to be a substitute teacher no way, shape, or form was I supposed to be a teacher, and I ended up teaching my son's like second grade class. Wow. That legitimately happened. So Whoa. I had to take a step and and put myself um, on the shelf. Yeah, say I'll get to you. You're there, and I'm gonna. You know, I started singing in church. I kept singing in church mm-hmm. to keep my feet wet. But um, it was about them. Your feet or your voice. <laughs> both yeah both both okay yeah uh-huh. yeah so baptismal waters we'll just call it that okay <laughs> there you go there you go we'll tie it in so yeah but it, that's really what it was mm-hmm. you know and then at the same time it's seeing us all now do music it's like it was all worth it yeah. so yeah. yeah all right so of the name yeah. performers in your bio did mm. you have a favorite like a life-changing moment when you perform with someone you're like oh my god this is amazing I know I'm doing this and I know exactly mm-hmm. I know that what I'm doing is opposed to what I'm supposed to do yeah that that definitely was um, 
was not a singer at all. That was uh, with uh, Janis Joplin's band. Yeah. Yeah, I idolized her. I idolized her. Um, I remember third and fourth grade, um, and my dad had uh, like Monterey Pop Music Festival videos, and I saw her, and um, and I never knew someone could be that transparent on the stage. Yeah. It wasn't just about her voice. It was about emoting the, taking the entire body and almost making it translucent. Yes. She used every, everything. She used her whole body when she sang. Yeah. Yeah. And then learning her bio, um, you know, I was like that there's a reason for why that was because of the the level of torment and so forth. Anyways, won't get into her bio, but um, with the whole band, um, I never thought something like that could happen to be able to play with her band and perform mm-hmm. with them. And actually, uh, Sam Andrew, God bless, God rest his soul and God bless him, um, he believed in me enough to actually give me one of the songs that she was supposed to sing, and I recorded it for my second album. Wow. So it wasn't just playing with them, like up on stage, but they actually we actually recorded together, and that was... Um, yeah, I'm separated with her by one degree of separation, and I'll yeah. hold on to that forever. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty so, awesome. Yeah. That's, that's got to be awesome. So how long did that happen? It was um, 1997, I believe, is when that took place. That so was, was a, a really good, that was a prolific year for music. There was yeah. a lot of um, changing and rebirthing happening yeah. in yeah. music, like genres created. Well, I mean, you had the internet coming on. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you had people melding that were, and you had, you know, all of a sudden people sharing files and stuff that mm-hmm. you know that you couldn't otherwise yeah, yeah you, or you yeah. were or you were we were so cut off from each other and it's just it's been a beautiful thing to actually have that yeah. you know and yeah, to watch right. the evolution over the last you know <clears throat> 30 years is crazy yeah you're 20, right 20 years 21 yeah. right <sighs> but it's 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 pros and cons absolutely yeah and we can we can talk everybody knows the negatives because we were inundated with all that but the pros are that you have people that are doing these incredible you know um, um, combinations of sounds that would have never happened right you know collaborations that were just kind of like I mean come on Billy Ray Cyrus and <laughs> Lil Nas I mean yeah come on I know that's yeah. we, we have to applaud that within yeah. the human story you know, mm-hmm. these kinds of things are happening and we're not. And I would really love to know. know how that happened, though. When <laughs> right. You think about it, like, because <laughs> that, that's such an odd pairing. Right. Like, right. You know, so. True. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I oh, yeah, talk about Mama Blue. You're, you're performing with her. Uh, are you like, what's up with that? <laughs> that lady, man. We, go, she, we, we go. had her on the show yes. and she performed for us. She did two live songs, which I think you're preparing to do something for us too, right? Yeah, I think so. So um, with Mama Blue, um, we go way back to high school. And um, uh-huh. she was my first introduction to Douglas Anderson. It was Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, one of and my favorite. And she nailed it, man. She was just phenomenal. I could not get over her voice. And then we went on to do musicals together. And we did um, lots of performing together. And and uh, I always thought she was, you know, the hilt of the sort of Douglas Anderson vocal program. Yeah, yeah. And she, she threw that honor and glory to me at different times. And that sisterhood of like mutual respect and adoration, man, to this day, you know, here I was wanting to get back into music and she's like, girl, you're going to come with me. You're going to do this with me. I just, are you kidding me? Like you, you want me, you know, it's one of those kind of moments, you know, and I still, I still feel that way about her. And I, I love 
her heart and I love her passion mm-hmm. and I'm proud of her success. It's very much a, my sister is, has gone on that far, yeah. you know, and she's got more room to grow. So, yeah. And she's got you tagging along with her. I, I pray, <laughs> I, if not as a cheerleader all the way, no matter what she, what she chooses for herself. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I would love it if you would be so gracious enough to share a song or two with us and our listeners. We can do one song for the people who are listening to the interview Mm -hmm. and one song for our Patreon supporters. It's a little private show for them. I can dig on that. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a quick break while Jessica sets up and we'll be right back. Um, This next song that I wrote is a song called Bring It Home, and um, it's a little bit of a bluesy thing, and nothing heavy. Just enjoy. (laughs) Hmm. I got to get my feels on.
All right, Jessica, I've, uh, thank you so much for sharing and giving so much of your songs. Well, so thank many, you for having two, me. two songs. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. I enjoyed it very much. I appreciate being here. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. Y'all are amazing. This, thank you. This staff, this group, Damien Lamar, Taste Test. Yes. Yeah. You got thank it going you. on here for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad that I have a platform to, to be able to share your music with the world. Thank you. Um, take a quick moment and tell everybody what's coming up next, how they can find you on social media. Yeah. So okay. um, I'd like to give a shout out to um, uh, Smith, Holstein, Busey, my law firm. Um, they are very supportive. They actually got together and they... Um, are trying to get me to do this like TV gig, so they they pulled their money together to send me on this like thing. Yeah, T- so TV gig. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I, I'm not going to mention any more than that because if okay. I don't do well, then I <laughs> like is it okay? Is it as a national syndicated show? Yes, okay. nationally Whoa. syndicated thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, so I really love them because they they recognize that I'm, it's you know who they are to me, you know, and absolutely, it's, and it's not like my passion to be there in terms of like my job job but um but i do it well and mm-hmm. i love them and i love and they love you in. yeah they do <laughs> they do it's it's mutual so um so with all that said uh veg fest is coming up june 8th and um that's in riverside and they have they have grown exponentially with yeah. the following so they have actually moved to having it like i think two or three times a year now something like that so i got in on that um, i was asked to do um a gig for that so it's a couple hours for veg that's fest. pretty awesome yeah i'll be there to check it out yeah yeah please yeah. do and yeah. i think my son's gonna be running the sound for me and stuff oh too. okay so, cool yeah so he does that too in yes. addition to playing drums yes he's wow oh, that kid's masterful do, yes he is he really is all right okay so, thank you for asking okay how can we find you on are you on social media i am um currently on instagram under jessica lee walton and you can also follow me on my facebook page for singer jessica lee Singer and Jessica Lee. L E I G H. All right. People are going to wonder what the heck that is, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank we you. really appreciate you. Okay. Everybody, thanks so much for listening to Taste Test Live. We hope you enjoyed the show and the music. And mm-hmm. thank you so much to our guest this week, Jessica mm-hmm. Lee Walton, for dropping by the studio to share your gift with the world. Aww. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for us, guys. Yay, Jessica. Oh.